All right, so um, it's the first Awaken meeting of 2024, uh, and that is really exciting uh, because new things, new things um, can happen, new possibilities, new dreams. Uh, who here has uh, made a New Year's resolution? Anyone? Okay, some of us. Yes, how about some of us? I know people. some people don't like New Year's resolutions, uh, so how about like new goals? For 2024 all right new goals we've got some new goals here uh, how and there are some people who don't even like goals they're just you know what I want I want the feeling like the year to have a feeling uh, so like there's like a word usually for the year um, I did that last year it was like consistency and core and I, and I was good for a couple months and then fell off but does anyone have a word for this year just like one word all right uh, and then there's some of us who just we don't like to do any of it um, because when we, when we kind of set up something, sometimes there's, there's a, uh, expectation and then there's room for failure. There's room for not meeting those expectations. Uh, and then it just kind of feels a little hopeless. Uh, and so hope is, is, is a pretty important thing, especially uh, when, when things are new, moving and stepping into a new year. So I've been wanting to talk about hope for quite some time, uh, and I keep shying away from it. And I jumped, I was like, you know what, this time we're going to talk about hope. And I, I, I went with, with expectation of what it would look like, and I just, I stepped into something. <laughs> and like, there's so much I want to say about hope, and so I'm going to try to condense it, make it short, make it practical, make it applicable, um, but, but there's a lot to unpack in hope. Um, and so... There is, humans are unique. We are unique from any other species. We have this insatiable need for hope. See, bees, bees, they just be. Like, like bees create, they create hives. Beavers, they, they create dams. Mountain lions, they mountain lion. They just survive and they eat, and they, none of them sit down and think about the future. None of them sit and think about what they hope for. They don't plan, but we as human beings, we think about the future. We hope for a future, and in that hope, we try to create a future. So as beavers create dams, bees create hives, we create futures. But that future is hinged on, on our hope. It's, it's, it's connected, deeply connected to hope. So, give me a moment, put this mic down for a moment. Um, so, I'm just gonna stop somewhere for a moment and I wanna just kinda, all right. So, uh, you, I would say this is about half Others would say half, half empty, right? So we have half full. We have we have half empty. And um, let's see if I get this right. Yes, got it right. All right. So half full, half empty. And if we look at a cup of glass, a glass with with a with half of water, um, the optimists live in the half full. And almost all of you said half full. So it's good to know we have some very positive people in this room. Uh, the other part would be half empty. 
and those would be some of the pessimists. And so, optimists, they, not optimist prime, but optimists, they, they look at life, they look at situations, their circumstances, set of facts, and they read positive things into it. So there's, they're hopeful based off of things that they can gather. So this will be a good situation because so-and-so. Pessimists are a little bit of the opposite, right? They read the same situation, they see the same set of facts, and they say, life's too complicated and complex. And a slew of things, a negative things can happen. Bad things can happen. Uh, as a follower of Jesus, which type of person would we be? Which type of person should we be? Anyone? Optimists, maybe. All right, so if we're looking at both, one is pessimists are definitely off the table. Right? Like, yes, bad things happen. However, the idea is that we know that there is a God and that God has poured out his love for us and has conquered death. So yes, there are bad things that have happened, but we've also got a God that has conquered death and we know things are working for our good, for, for an extent. So pessimism off the table. Now we think about optimism. Optimism. Uh, yes, a little bit more in the positive light, but if we were to say we were to, as Christians, we were to adopt this mindset of optimism is also a bit, I, and I kind of asked, tricked you with the question because I only gave you two options. I didn't give you a third option. But it's a bit naive when we think about optimism because we only, optimists only believe in what they see. They see the facts and they believe what's there and they, they hope for a good outcome based on what they read. But a third option that the scripture gives us is a person of hope. So, hope. If you are a follower of Jesus, you are a person of hope. Uh, there is this gentleman. Oh, I took off his name. I can't remember his name. So I think his name is Marlon. I'll get that to you guys. Anyway, his, he's, he's a writer, and he's studied hope, and he has studied a lot of different aspects of, human, of, of humans people, uh, sociology, and so this is what he has to say about optimism versus hope. Optimism and hope are different. Optimism is based on the notion that there is enough evidence to think that things are going to get better. It's much more rational and deeply secular. Whereas hope looks at the evidence and says it doesn't look good at all, but I'm going to make a leap of faith and go beyond evidence and dream new possibilities. It's based on dreams that become contagious enough to allow us to engage in heroic actions against odds. That's hope. So, the difference between optimism and hope is that optimism tends to be happy with the status quo. While hope engages and hope is not passive. Hope is very active. Because we talked about the difference between humans and animals is this idea of hoping and creating futures, right? Hope moves us to engage and to do something about it, while optimism believes in what it can 
gather and analyze, and it's content oftentimes with whatever's happening. Hope moves us. Hope is a driving force. It is active. See, optimism is based on circumstance, while Christian hope, it's robust. And it is a vision of hope that keeps our mind and our heart alert and alive to what God is doing in those times, even when it's very difficult and we can't see. Like the song where it says, when the lights are out, when the light has gone, hope still engages, despite what we see. Right? So hope goes beyond. And this is the kind of hope that our world needs. Right? Like there's a per usual, and I feel like every time we talk, we, it, we always start with what is happening in the world, what is going on in our lives, and in the life at large, globally. But life is tough. Life hits us hard, and, and, it's, and it's pretty good at doing it, you know, but hope is what this world needs. Hope, not optimism. See, I've had a lot of time to prepare for this. And again, I want to talk about a couple aspects regarding hope. Hope is a virtue, and we must cultivate it. Oftentimes, people view hope as waiting. And yes, hope is waiting. Hope does mean to wait. Um, but hope is so much more than waiting. Uh, kava is, used, is, is the Hebrew to wait. Um, it's the Hebrew for, for hope, and it, and it means to wait, and kav means cord. So have you ever had a cord in your hand and you've tried to pull it apart and stretch it? You notice that there's a little give and then it stops. So a cord is made up of several strands, because if you have one strand, you pull it, it breaks. There is no give, but a good cord has several strands part of its anatomy and as you pull it there's a tension and that tension that's in that rope that cord that's kava and that is the same meaning for hope it is the tension in which we live in but it's not again it's not a passive tension the rope is doing the work the rope is doing the work between what's on either end and that is the same thing for hope. See, hope is not now. Hope is not in this moment. Hope is in the future. And so the hope that we have lives in the future. But we are here in the now. We don't have that future hope. When we have that future hope, it's no longer hope. It's something completely different. Hope is what we're, what we're moving towards. And so... Hope is, our, is a virtue, and we must cultivate this. First uh, Corinthians 13, the love passage, where it starts, if I, spoke, if I speak in tongues of angels, or humans, right, of, of people, but do not have love, and it further goes on, love is kind, love is patient. And then it goes, at, the, at verse 13 it says, and these three remain. Faith hope, and love, but love is the greatest. But faith, hope, and love, faith and hope, faith and love, as we're looking at, is very active. Those are things you can do to grow. And, and so hope is mixed in with those things. 
once everything in our life is gone, once the things that are around are gone, what remains is faith, hope, and love. See, faith, hope, and love, these are things that need to be chosen into. You choose into faith. You choose into love. You choose into hope. You choose, you step into these things. You step into love. You just don't, you don't feel love. Because quite honestly, not, I don't feel love all the time. But I step into the love I have for my loved ones and for my friends. I step, I don't feel like I, I want to trust and have faith in God all the time. Because sometimes, quite honestly, I don't. It's very tiring. There's peace in it, but it is tiring. But we choose to step into faith with our Heavenly Father. We choose to step into hope for our future. Uh, I'm sure we, we, all, we all have these people in our lives. The people who tend to uh, see despair. We would say, we would talk, we would see it more like optimist and pessimist. So we all have a friend or people in our lives that are a little bit more pessimists. That we talk to them and they kind of drain the energy out of the room. They're like energy and hope vampires. You share something good with them and they just find the worst thing. They find the despair in that space. And that is contagious. You don't want it to be, but you step away from that interaction. You're like, well, actually, I, what I thought was a good, a good promotion, and I've realized now I have so much responsibility. Or what I thought I got a good, I thought was a good pay raise, and I realized that I'm not getting paid what I should be getting paid. It is contagious, but so is hope. Have you ever been in a room with a person who's full of hope? That is contagious, where you feel like. Oh, I'm just exhausted, but then you walk out of that space, out of that conversation, and you feel alive, and you're like, oh my gosh, I can do anything. And it's not because they're optimistic, it's because they're hopeful for the future, because there is actually a substance that's there. See, hope lives in the tension of the here and now, and the not yet, the promises that God has for you. Uh, Romans 8, 23 and 20 to 25 says, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who, oh, sorry, we ourselves who, uh, who have the first fruits of the spirit grown inwardly as we, oh man, <laughs> who have the first fruits of the spirit grow inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as children. The redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For those who hope, for who hopes for what he sees. But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. See, that's where God's love, faithfulness, and grace lives. Where it says, for in this hope we were saved. We have a hope. We have substance. We have the essence of our hope. And that hope as believers, the Christian hope, that's in God. That's in who he is and what he has done for us on the cross. See, now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what they see? See, hope lives in the future. Hope moves us from this moment 
to the next moment, from this difficult moment, the situation that you are currently in, to the next situation that you're in, to the next circumstance you are in. Hope is the act of waiting for God's promises in the future. That's where hope is. See, now, the question is, why does, why does this matter? Right? It matters because where are we putting our hope? Is our hope in our success? Is it in our career? Is it in, just because I'm looking at you, is it in your books? Is it in your careers that we're changing? Is, is my hope in me becoming a business owner, an entrepreneur? Because that's what I ultimately want and I'm striving for, but is that where I'm putting all my hope? Is my hope in government? Is my hope in my finances? And for some of us, are we putting our hopes and our dreams on our spouse? Are we putting our hopes and dreams on our children? Because if we put our hopes and dreams on someone else, that is too heavy of a burden for anyone. See, our hopes and dreams can't be put on things that can get lost. They shouldn't be put on things that can get lost. They shouldn't be put on things that are here one day and gone the next. Because what kind of hope is that? And again, how can we put hope in something that is before us? That's right in front of us. Psalm 39, 6 and 7 says, Surely everyone goes around like a mere phantom. In vain they rush about, heaping up wealth, without knowing whose it will finally be. Everyone's gathering money. Everyone's gathering wealth. Everyone's gathering things. But in the end, some people die never using their, their savings, their investments, their retirement. Who does it go to? Where does it go? Do they ever get to use it? What happens? Right? But the psalmist says, but now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. My hope is in you. See, hope is something to develop. It is something to cultivate. It is, it is an important aspect of being human. It is an important aspect. Again, the three that remains. Love is the greatest thing, and we know that. We understand that. And we understand that faith is important. Faith is important for our relationship with God. But hope is important for our future. It, it's important because it directs us. Has anyone read this book or saw the movie? The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. I teared a little bit. Okay, I cried. The movie, the, the, it, is, it is a beautiful story. And the artwork is gorgeous. But it is, it is a story uh, about a boy who is lost in the forest. Doesn't quite remember how he, how he got there. I'm not going to ruin it for you. I'm just, it's just the, the, plot, the plot. So he gets the, he's in the forest. He doesn't know how he got there. But all he knows is that he's looking for home. He's looking for home. And on his journey to finding home, 
he comes across a mole. The cutest little mole. Adorable. And then he comes across a fox. And then he comes across a horse. And in this, they journey together, trying to find the boy's home. And on this journey, they, we learn and they experience their insecurities. The things that they most worry about. The things that they struggle with. And there's some amazing quotes. All right, it's not, it's not part of this, but one of my favorites is, uh, I think the horse asked, but like, boy, what do you want to be when you grow up? And the kid's like, I want to be kind. It's great. It's, it's heartwarming. It is beautiful. It's kind of like uh, a Winnie the Pooh kind of series. It is, it, is so, it is so beautiful. And so there's this quote where it says, he says, sometimes when you're falling, you can fly. Sometimes when you've come to failure, sometimes when you've come to setbacks, sometimes when you've come to a circumstance that you don't know how to get through, you can fly. You can hope. You can be transformed. You can grow from this moment of opportunity and soar. You can soar in this moment. You can rise from difficulties. Now, I don't know what your falling looks like, but I know that sometimes we've gotten um, diagnoses that we didn't want to hear. We've lost loved ones. We've had experiences that we wish we never had. And sometimes that, that, that takes and steals or it adds a lot of tension to our hope. But there is, there is more beyond that moment. There's more than just the tension and the loss and the hurt and the disappointment and the grief. There's a, there is a tomorrow. There is a tomorrow. And then I love uh, this next one. The boy says, Oh no, as they're, as they're looking for home, where are the lights? I can't see them anymore, the boy. It feels like we have such a long way to go. The horse says, I know, but look how far we've come. The boy, I just don't think I can do this. I'm never going to find a home, the fox. You know, sometimes your minds place tricks on you. It can tell you you are no good, that it's all hopeless. But I've discovered this, that you are loved and you are important. And you bring to this world things that no one else can. So hold on. Talking about hope being contagious, you have something to bring. The hope, the future that we hope to create by what God has instilled in us, that hope allows other people to hope too. The hope that we live in, that we step into each and every day, like the person that when we spend time with them, it's contagious, 
us stepping into our hope allows people to hope too. So, love, not love, hope. (laughs) Hope is a virtue. Hope needs to be cultivated. It's something we can step into. And we can step into it because of the the substance of that hope. Because tomorrow, we know Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Or Romans 8, 28, For God uses all things for those to work good for those who, who trust him, for those who love him, right? So there are several scriptures constantly pointing us to the future hope, the future glory. The next thing is what you hope for shapes what you live for. See, what you hope in will set the direction of your heart. It will set the direction of your life. Not only does hope live in the future, hope shapes your future. Going back to the people in our lives, where are the people who are very pessimistic, who are full of despair? Where are they? Probably in the same space you left them. Because there is a lack of hope. And it's hard to know that. It's hard to know that some of our loved ones are in that space. They can't move beyond it because there isn't a sense of hope. There isn't a source of hope. See, where there are no dreams, there is no hope. And where there is no hope, there is no future. So the question is, what do you put your hope in? What is your hope? What does your future look like? Micah 7, 7 to 8. But as for me, I watch and hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior, because my God will hear me. There's a hope there. It says it. I hope in the Lord. I wait. I stand in the tension of the now, of the, the where I stand, and the tension of what's to be. My God will hear me. Do not glow over me, my enemy. Though, in, though I have fallen, I misspelled that, though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. There is a hope that this writer, the person who wrote this particular psalm, they are not in a place where they can be optimistic. It is bleak. They are being attacked. It is, it is a very difficult time for this, this psalmist. But they're not living in the moment. They're hoping in the future what God has for them. Uh, does anyone know Viktor Frankl? Okay, some of us do. Uh, this person is an amazing individual, a brilliant and influential psychologist, a neurologist, um, 
and a Holocaust survivor. And he uh, wrote a book, A Man's Search for Meaning. Yes, yes. And it's an amazing book. If you have not read it, you need to go to the store right after this and buy it. It is an amazing read, and it's probably one of those books that you will probably read over and over again in your life. Um, I wanted to get the audiobook, and I do a lot of audiobook reading. The most I've ever seen is like 50,000, 50, 60,000. I think it was like Beautiful Creatures or something for like really great reviews and the amount. This tripled, quadrupled the amount of, of reviews, and it's all five stars. Like, this book is amazing. And hopefully, I will convince you to get it. Um, so in his 20s, he and his wife, uh, so he lived in, in uh, Austria, and in his 20s, he and his wife were, de were uh, deported to one of the ghettos. Uh, and him and his wife and his family and friends, and uh, they were eventually put in a in concentration camp. And as we all know, those were horrendous, awful conditions. Um, and out of all of his family members, and his wife was pregnant, uh, only he and his sis sister survived. And it, it was everyone he loved, everyone he knew, died a horrible death. And so while he was here, um, he and his sister and a few others spent two and a half years at the concentration camps, experiencing the worst of humanity, experiencing what many would say their darkest hour, right? And, and there were no lights to see for the future. And in order to cope with this horror, in order to survive and to try to exist and make it, um, obviously they always had to work. They, they, during the day they had to work and they had to do tasks. And in the evening, what he would do to cope and um, to get through the days, he started just doing therapy for others. He would sit down and have therapy sessions and he would try to get to know, this is a brilliant individual. And so he would try to see what, um, what are the motivations? What are the people's motivations to survive? And what are the effects uh, that happens for something like this? And he, he, he realized a few different things. He came across a few different things. Um, one is that hope is essential for human life. That hope is essential for human life. And he came across, I think there are four or five different types of people. Those were uh, people who did not have hope, oftentimes became animalistic. They, they, they responded to survive. It was all about survival and impulse. It was about protecting themselves and they didn't care about other people. They just had to survive. And then there were those who who dissociated and became apathetic to the situation. They didn't care. Just, they just lost all sense of, of will to move forward. Then there were people who, um, who had a false sense of hope. They were optimists. And they said, this war is not going to last too long. It's going to be two and a half months at most. And it was recorded as one gentleman wrote a date when this war should be over and when they would go back home. The date passed and there was no sign that this war was going to be over. There were still two years left for this war. Um, and so they were in this camp and um, 
the date passed, within a week, he died. He got sick and died. And then there were a few people who survived. There were a few people who survived. And they didn't just survive, like get through. It wasn't like animals. Like they actually got, they came out functional. They came out uh, still caring, holding on to their humanity. Holding on to what it meant, or what it means to be human. And those people had something that he had called uh, a simple hope. And uh, that simple hope for one individual was he loved to bake bread. And he hoped, all he hoped for was that when this was over, he was going to break, bake bread and he was going to share that with people, his love. It was a simple thing. For, some, for others, there were a few mus- musicians who survived and who fit the category of still holding on to their humanity. And all they wanted to do was grab an instrument and play for the love of playing play for for people and uh, for him it was about understanding what was going on it was about understanding the human motivation and there was this idea for him was that the common denominator was hope but it was a hope that was transcendent that they could have been put in a completely different situation and that would have been their same hope and it was beyond their survival It was beyond just the moment of surviving. That it was a hope that could not be taken away from them. It was a hope that could not be taken away by another person. Something transcendent is what helped them. See, what these people experienced in the two and a half years that they were there is really traumatic. They experienced in two and a half years what most of us experienced in a dec- in our last decade to two decades of living, right? So they lost uh, their sense of roots and home at the concentration camp. They lost a sen- They lost their loved ones. They lost people. They lost friends. They lost the trajectory of their life, of where they should be. They lost their accomplishments. They lost their freedom. They lost their standing in community. And that is something that people experience and extended. And that was squeezed and condensed into two and a half years. And so the trauma that they all experienced was massive. It was, there was so much tension, such a heavy weight. But those who came out of it were filled with hope they had and saw tomorrow oh I'm going on really far sorry I told you I was really excited about hope there's a lot so I'm just going to finish with this then but yes so Viktor Frankl um, the idea is that hope hope is important see when humans don't have a purpose when humans don't have a hope they wither they become animals zombies or they live they become They live in fantasy. I'm going to move on to this last, and I'm not going to get to it fully, but hope is trusting God to do what he's going to do his way. See, for us, sometimes... God, I really want to talk about Isaiah 9. Okay, anyway, so um, hope is understanding that even though we have hope that God is going to do something and we have a vision for tomorrow, and we know that God has plans plans and purposes for us, and they're good, 
it's not going to look the way we want it to. It's not going to happen the way we want it to. It's not going to, any sort of idea that we have for it, most likely is not going to happen. But it's going to be much better. It's just not going to, he's just not going to do it our way. And so we have to trust that God is going to do it just his way. And we need to have peace about that. We need to have that kind of hope. Um, So when you don't have a purpose and you don't have a hope, what do you have? Um, The question for this morning is, what are you putting your hope in? Where's your hope? And the challenge for you is to cultivate your hope and to understand that hope directs your future. So cultivate it and put your hope on something of substance or someone of substance, which would be God, the one who is faithful, the one who will not pass. Like, everything else in life goes. Even our loved ones, unfortunately. But God is always there, even in the midst of darkness. 